Welcome to the Dream, Plan, Start, Grow podcast hosted by Allison Turner. In each episode, we interview real everyday entrepreneurs to learn how they got their start, what challenges they faced and overcame when starting the business, and what successes each has had. Welcome to the Dream, Plan, Start, Grow show. My name is Allison Turner. I am your host. The purpose of the show is to educate people that maybe want to start a business or other entrepreneurs that have started a business on some tips and tools that fellow business owners have used to create success or maybe some challenges they have run into. And hopefully that will give you some information on how to make your business even better. Today I have with me John Brewer, and I'm going to butcher the name of your real estate company, so I'll let you say it in a minute. Uh, but he does commercial and residential real estate, as well as many other things in Delray Beach. So we'll talk about some of those as well. Sure. But what company are you with? William Ravis, South Florida. We have an office in Delray Beach. Just had one in, open up in Boca Raton, Palm Beach. It's kind of a family-owned company, real estate, uh, based out of the Northeast, but really starting to make a presence on the east and west coast of Florida. Okay. And how long have you been in real estate now? Uh, about six years. Okay. Yeah, I made the move out of restaurants into yeah. real estate. Because I know I first met you in the hospitality industry. That's right. And you were working at a restaurant kind of across the street from where we live. <laughs> yep. And uh, I met you and then I met your, I think you were engaged at the time. I don't even yep. think you were married yet. Yeah. <laughs> I met your now wife. But uh, um, so how did you make the transition from hospitality to real estate? Um, it was just one of those things. I've always kind of wanted to be in real estate. I always knew that that was something I wanted to do. I, you know, being off in the daytime, I watched the stock market. I read, <laughs> you know, read the trades and always tried to keep an eye on financials. And uh, when I got married and uh, stepson and uh, Kai and my wife, uh, coming home and waking up at noon, you know, on a Saturday because I had to close out the restaurant. It just <laughs> started. It started to, you know, I was like, okay, I, it, I've wanted to do it before. And I always seem to get pulled back in the restaurant. I think that's right. what we do sometimes because we're comfortable. Yeah. And that's something I knew and I had worth and I had value. And so to get outside of your comfort zone, sometimes you got to really just got to take that leap. You got to go for it. Yeah, I think like you bring a great point up with the comfort zone, because I know when people want to start a business, you know, one of the greatest challenges is, you know, even if they hate their job, it's a regular paycheck. It's, you know, maybe it's nine to five. It's, you know, they come home, they put the job away, you know, which is none of the things you do as a business owner, you right. know, and even, you know, you're working for a, a real estate company, obviously you're generating your own business. So oh, yeah. you're still the business owner. And in that sense. So I think that's one of the greatest challenges in getting over that hump and starting the business. Cause I think people hold and don't start things as soon as maybe they should, they have a great idea, but they are like, Oh, maybe I need a little more money or more cushion, or maybe I need like to find the first perfect partner or, you know, whatever the excuse is. I've made them all. <laughs> and they just don't start. Yep. You know, so what final, so, so basically your marriage, it sounds like, and your stepson like kind of pushed you to change your lifestyle. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. It was just one of those kind of, this is what I want to do. Um, and to your point, I really kind of expected, I think working in that nine to five atmosphere where you're kind of expected to show up and you're working for someone else. The first thing I had to get used to was the idea of nobody cared if I showed up to the office or not. <laughs> Syria, no one right. cared. You know, it's kind of, 
Uh, you know, certain real estate companies may, I started off with Parkview Realty and wanted to get into commercial, but really pretty much it was like, there's the phone and uh, here's your desk. And uh, if you have any questions, if I'm not too busy, know. you know, I'll give you some tips. But other than that, figure it out. Yeah. Which is great and scary all at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Because you're on your own. Like before you fit in a box at least and say, you know what, you're, those, what the box is defined as. And now like you're, you are the box. You're like everything. Yeah. Monday, I'm going to do food ordering. Tuesday, <laughs> schedule. All those types right. of things. Or yeah. you've got to create that for yourself now. Yeah. So what was the greatest challenge, like switching careers? Because you had to generate, obviously, your own business. Mm -hmm. And commercial, I know, can be even more challenging, or at least what I've heard, than residential, because the deals a lot of times take a whole lot longer to yes. actually pay out, I should say. You know, like, so you don't really see the light at the end of the tunnel. It could be, you know, a couple months, could be a year. Right. And uh, I think the fail rate is a lot more you know, where deals go south on you. Um, right. So you could work on something. I worked on a deal for three years, $10 million deal, uh, charter school. <coughs> and the closest I came, I relit it after six months. And yeah, it went south. And it's, you put a lot of hours in um, with basically, you know, you always try to say, well, I learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but not, I, didn't get, I didn't get paid a lot. <laughs> the so educational. You, the, yeah, yeah. Which after a while, it gets really money. old. Yeah, it doesn't pay like, the food bill or the electric mm, bill or the mortgage. Yeah. Explain or that like to that. the mortgage guy. He wasn't buying it so much. But um, yeah, I think the biggest challenge in the beginning is time management. It's still my biggest challenge. Time management. What am I going to do every day? You know, I've just gotten back into uh, journaling and basically scheduling my day. Like, so after this, I've got one more meeting and then I go home and I sit down with my book. I use a, a, a basically a layout book where what, what did I do today? And I've got my yeah. scheduling there for tomorrow. And then I've got things that I wanna knock out, basically uh, generating new business, doing all my follow-up mm -hmm. and then doing my paperwork, my ad yeah. admin. You know, those yep. are the ways I, that's, those are three ways I try to divide my day. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I try and, I do something similar. I mean, I don't schedule typically on Mondays and Fridays at all. Uh, I mean, I have my Toastmasters group that meets on Fridays, but like that's usually the only thing I schedule on Fridays. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I try and kind of cram everything into those three days as far as appointments and whatnot. That way I start the week strong and finish the week strong. And then obviously, then I know after Monday, okay, where am I gonna fit all these other things in based on the appointments I have scheduled, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So. Do you take one day for yourself, Monday or Friday? That's one thing I've, I've tried to do now because otherwise you're just on a hamster wheel all day long. You know, you've got to be available to people. One of the other ways I try to break stuff up is working on my business, yeah. working in my business and personal. And right. at least one day out of those seven, I like to have a total personal day. That was something that was recommended to me that I, I recommend very highly. Yeah, yeah. I would say I'm not always strong in that that sense, yeah. you know, because I always I feel like I'm always doing something in the business, you know, even if it's checking email. You know, well, I'm always you know, thinking about even, it. Yeah, well, I know, so it's hard to like completely shut it down, exactly. even if you're like, okay, turn the phone off, don't look at it, don't look at the social media account, you know, because ultimately, like, even if you like flip on social media, you know, that's. I mean, we manage social media accounts for clients, so right. like that's business for me. So you know, so there's no way to get a, get away from it 100% unless you literally disconnect from like all technology. Yep. So I would say Sundays is the most I would disconnect uh, typically, but nonetheless, I'm still probably, I still sometimes connect with some mindless stuff. To, 
you know, if I happen to be watching the Dolphins play football or something like that, I'm like, oh, I could just design something really quickly. <laughs> Good game last week. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so I agree with you. And I mean, I think scheduling and time management is so important, especially for new entrepreneurs that don't necessarily have that, you know, they knew what they had to accomplish in a job, a former job, and because they had whatever the task list was that the company gave them. But now all of a sudden they're the, a lot of times they're the accounting person, the website designer, the salesperson, the implementer of the service, whatever that service is, you know, or the creator of the product, if it's a product thing, you know, they do it all initially. And so now you have to balance how you're going to do that. Absolutely. And it's not easy and it changes. Right. And every day is different. Um, I've got a number of deals going on right now that are different stages, but I spent this morning basically filling out, uh, listing agreements and <laughs> then, you know, then, but I, what I try to do is chunk out the day, you know, chunk out the day. Okay. Let me spend an hour and a half on this. Right. Let me spend an hour on this. Yeah. Um, that's the best way, but I'm at that stage right now. I think we were talking before we went on of, do I hire somebody? Do I not hire somebody? Um, I'm getting to that point now where, oh. and, and with, 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 with small business entrepreneurship nowadays with social media and all these other things that you really, really should be taking advantage of. Yeah. And I've, you know, <laughs> like this past two weeks, I've, I've been kicking myself in the butt. I normally had the routine on Monday. Sunday, I'll usually go through and find articles yeah. uh, through the papers, trades, anything that's interesting. I try to clip it and then try to shoot a video on Monday. Well, I've yeah. gotten out of that because I'm doing deals. And, you know, so it's, so it's a, constantly, it's, a good thing, but a bad yeah, thing. it's constant. Yeah, exactly. So you're constantly, it's like working an equalizer, you know, you could turn yeah. the base up and then the base is okay. Now we got to kind of try to find that balance, but every day is, you got to be fluid. You got to be able to, to roll with Adjust. it. And, and certain days you're going to be intensive in one area and, and then, you know, the next days or whatever, you right. got to kind of make up for that. Yeah. Now you, you mentioned video and I know you do more video than some real estate professionals I've seen. And obviously you're in commercial and residential. So how are you using video to kind of promote? I love video. Um, I mean, I have a theater background before I, I got into real estate when I was in New York and living in L.A. So uh, I've done a lot of auditioning in the past. Okay. And um, so I, I always was pretty comfortable in front of the camera, but there's people out there that are just really doing some great stuff. And I think what we all try to do in the business is educational with a little bit of entertainment. Yeah. And the idea is to be your authentic self. You know, you don't wanna, you just kinda wanna come across as who you are. And so many times the referrals that I have, uh, that I've received off of videos, it's because they felt like, ah, you're a guy I could have a beer with. You know right. what I mean? You're somebody who's, you know, some, sometimes I meet real estate people, they seem so full of themselves, blah, 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 whatever. You just seem down to earth. That seems yeah. to be the one thing I get all the time, which I'm honored to hear that. But I try to give a little information. What's going on with the market? Right. Um, what are we seeing locally right now? Um, and then, of course, at the end is the sell. You know, give me a call if you have any more questions, if you want to get to, yeah, call to action. <laughs> exactly. CTA. Yeah, call yep. to action at the end. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, and I think it's important because especially in your industry, there's so many of you guys out there now, probably less commercial, but especially in the residential side. Well, commercial like seems to be the opportunity yeah. because a lot, you know, and that's something I always try to look towards residential because commercial, you see people doing social media now and commercial, a lot of the bigger guys are doing it now. Yeah. And when I was started off in the business, I actually had a group that we would get together on social media and a lot of the 
A lot of the folks then were like, why are you wasting your time? Nobody does that. <laughs> it's commercial. You know, it's all, it's not the way we do business. Uh -huh. And now they're all doing it. So yeah, um, they all jumped on the bandwagon because they saw the success people were having. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And I think because I still get, you know, people, I meet realtors, you know, or I know realtors through the chamber or wherever, what other networking things there are. And then they stick me on their email list. I'm like, oh, no, not another real estate newsletter. And it's usually the same flipping newsletter. I could probably compare them if I really wanted to. I usually just uh, delete them. Um, so I apologize if any of you are watching this video, but I'm probably deleting it if it's like the market trends email that I get. I'm like, okay, I know you're getting this from someone, you know, a real estate marketing company, and you're just sticking in an email. So I think the way you're doing it, like at least because I've listened to some of your videos on the real estate, and even though I'm not looking to buy real estate necessarily, like it's interesting to me because now I understand like how things are either going up or down or whatever's happening in this area. It's interesting as opposed to like a generic market trends right. email, then I'm like, okay, this really doesn't mean anything to me. And it, you know, it's not useful information to me, at least even if I'm not buying, buying a house, like, and I hear you and then I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. And then, you know, I could always be a referral source for you too. I mean, I know yes. I've tried to connect you with some commercial stuff before, but, um, and that's it. I just try to give somebody something that they can pull out at the cocktail party. You know, that's kind of the way I try. I really do. I try to crystallize it down to one thing. Like lately, uh, the month of September, if I had to summarize it, be uh, home sales were actually down 19%, wow. but prices were up 25%. So um, that's pretty much the market in a nutshell right there. There's not as much inventory. Right. There's not as many people that are looking here, but of course we're going into season now, but the people that were looking were willing to pay more for their properties. And that's yeah. it. You know, yeah. that's pretty much how do you summarize uh, Delray Beach real estate in the month of September? Yeah. No, I mean, I know I've had, I've had two other realtors on to, for very specific reasons. So one was just uh, residential real estate, but he started doing videos back in 2017. So local realtor, and last year he got like 90% of his business from YouTube. Wow. And I was like, holy crap, which I didn't even know until we were on camera. And I was like, really? Like, you know, but he did it the same way. You were talking about like in the commercial side now, he's like, oh yeah, people thought I was nuts when I started and I was doing these videos and it was all about Palm Beach County and then people from New York and all Canada and all these places would start seeing him, especially during the pandemic when they were all locked in up there and they decided they wanted to move here and they would see his videos about Palm Beach County. I think I know who you're talking yeah. about. So he does a great job. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and you know, and obviously even if his video have improved and he edits everything himself, so everything's improved. And I didn't realize the number was 90%. I was like, Holy that's crap. crazy. I didn't know that either. No, he's like, there's 90%. I mean, I interviewed him specifically because, you know, I wanted to hear that. And I met him when he first got started in real estate. And the, the thing I find interesting about that is when he first started, you know, there wasn't that traction. No. It's something you just have to put your head down right. and do. And I'm getting away from that. And um, you just got to do it. Yeah. You know, is this interesting to me? And, it, and what he does that I really love is um, why do I love Florida? Why do I love living here? And that's yeah. basically what comes through. And that's, you know, those are some of the segments I like to do. Yeah. What's what's great about living in Delray Beach? What's great about living? Of course, I, I love restaurants. Yeah. I love going out to eat. I love the beach. <laughs> I love the water. I just love the lifestyle. So it's very easy for me to think of a video to do. And you're always, you know, as long as you're in the video, it's still promotional for yourself. So the other thing, you know, you mentioned videos with restaurants 
And I know I've seen you interview different restaurants and different um, restaurant owners on, you know, kind of some of the challenges they've had kind of through the last couple of years, as well as even the new restaurants that maybe have come in and how they're getting started. So what is your goal there to just help them kind of launch or relaunch, depending on obviously who it is? I mean, what's your goal with that? Yeah, a little bit of both. Um, as you know, Supper Club was something that came out of the pandemic, which uh, that was just a passion project that kind of took off at a time when everybody needed it. And it's amazing the legs it still has. Right. And being in commercial and having been in the restaurant business for almost 40 years, <laughs> nightclubs, bars, restaurants, yeah. I've done everything from bus tables to general manager mm -hmm. of a major nightclub at the Palms. Um, it's just my, it became my niche. And Supper Club just kind of really kicked that into overdrive and gave me the opportunity to uh, just meet people. And so when I do that, it's kind of educational. So it's a different way to kind of go about restaurant uh, brokerage. Uh, it's kind of uh, educational. You know, a yeah. lot of these small business people, restaurants especially, they're, they're, they need to be on property. They get stuck in their silos. You know, mm -hmm. it's such a demanding job and it's, it's, I have so much respect for people that are in the restaurant business because without them, what would we do on the weekends, you know, yeah, or what exactly. would we do, what would we eat every day, you know, if you're not culinarily inclined, <laughs> it's just great to have people that focus their lives on it. Right. Um, yeah. So, but, but there's, there's challenges, there's challenges, and especially nowadays with social media and with the supply chain issues that have come out of here and, and just people understanding you know, what goes into a good restaurant. It's, mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of what I try to do. I try to, I'm a champion of the restaurant person, especially the small business restaurant person. I try to really get people to appreciate who these people are and how hard they work um, so that we can have fun on our weekends and our, you know, our days right. off or when we're, we're off of work and we just want to have a good meal and, and go yeah. out. And uh, I've met some great people, met yeah. some wonderful, wonderful people from, from dishwashers to chefs to, uh, servers to bartenders to management. There's just some incredible people out there that are in the restaurant business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I think especially in the last, obviously, two years or two and a half years, like they got hit particularly hard. Yeah. Um, probably in the first year of that, especially, you know, with the, when COVID hit and everything shut down and they shut down and, you know, a lot of them didn't survive, unfortunately. You know, but I know when you started the Socially Distant Supper Club, obviously, a lot of went into that, you know, you and was it Ian Peterson, Ian Patterson, Patterson. Yeah. And some other great Janet Papa Dimitrio, just some a real, some really cool volunteers came out of the woodwork. Mm -hmm. um, such a weird time looking back on it, how we were isolated right. and, and all the stuff <laughs> that was going on. I remember riding my bike down the beach and just, you know, pylons up on the parking spots. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really, you know, we all kind of went through a traumatic event together. Right. Uh, and the restaurants surreal. especially, they went from busy to zero. And yeah. none of these people had, a lot of these folks that we worked with had no social media presence. No. Uh, they didn't have to go. They didn't have curbside. And it became just a kind of a combination of, hey, guys, get in there. We can do this. And then we just kind of ran out there and just started, okay, well, if I do a Facebook Live, these things get traction yep. and kind of playing with the algorithm and, and doing videos. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, that, that we were kind of figuring out as we went along, but the, 
The amazing thing was the response we got from the community. It was just awesome. Everybody wanted to help these restaurants. Right. That was a big story with the media at that time was mm -hmm. all these restaurants that, that you can't see, you know, and then it became half capacity. You know, everybody had to be spread out. Um, so it, it, it's, it, it had legs. It stayed for a while. And I just kind of kept riding along with that and still am, you know, still yeah. kind of riding along with that. Now I've become like a restaurant guy. So I love going out <laughs> to eat. I love talking about when I go out to eat. I never say right. anything negative. I've got something no. bad to say. I don't say it. Right. Um, and I, I love meeting the people that are in the restaurant business. And it dovetails into what I'm doing in my business. Right. And that's, you know, that's what I play up. I try to play up the idea of, you know, I'm not only here to do restaurant deals. I care about the people that are in yeah. the restaurant business. Well, and I, think I think that's what it's all about. Yeah. And I think that's an important message because I think when you give back to the community, however that is for you, you know, that also helps you in business. I mean, you see some people that are always giving back, um, you know, and you see them out front and center a lot. And then that business comes back to them somehow. Yep. You know, may not be that particular entity that they're giving back to, and maybe someone completely different. But that's how they recognize them. I'm like, oh, they're like a great person because they're giving back, and now they're now we're looking for a commercial realtor, and they think of you. Uh, and I think that goes kind of with the video. You can't look yeah. for the instant ROI. No, you know, you it's something you really can't <laughs> it's measure. A long term. Right. It's just something you do because, you know, we, I do Miracle League and we got Taste of Recovery coming yeah. up. And these are things that just nat naturally I want to help with. Yeah. And it's not. But uh, to your point, yes, I have got referrals mm -hmm. from those things. But yeah. uh, I think but if, you your heart's, if your heart's not in reason. it, if your heart's not yeah. in it, if you're just doing it to do it so you can get that return. Yeah, it's not, not the, genuine. Not it's not authentic. No. no. And I think, you know, I mean, I think that's. In marketing, whether it's, you know, giving back, you know, or however you're, it's kind of branding yourself out in the community, which is to me what giving back is, is, you know, you're, you make a name for yourself as someone that helps out in the community. Mm -hmm. So you're branding yourself. But I always tell clients, because I often get clients looking for that in the marketing arena, looking for the quick, like, I need a client tomorrow. Like, well. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. I mean, unless you want to spend a huge amount of money and do Google ads or, you know, and most of them are like, oh, my budget's only you know, like $500. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not going to work. <laughs> so, I mean, like to me, video is a longer term play. I mean, that's kind of what I'm working even with the YouTube side. You know, I started this particular channel, the Dream Plan Stark Road channel this year. So, and I think I have 50 something videos on it, but, um, but I know it's a longer play. I'm not expecting to get to, you know, 20,000 subscribers in, <laughs> in like a day. I picked up a restaurant in Sebastian and he saw a video I did three years ago. Oh, wow. So that's the great thing about it. If you put something out there, it's still out it's there. It's there. Yeah. It's there. And you never know how it's going to be searched up. Somebody searched up restaurant South Florida and, you know, restaurant leasing or restaurant yeah. Uh, brokerage and boom, it popped up. Yeah. And that's well, that's the other great thing. Yeah. That's what I tell people. I'm like, okay, you can do Google ads or Facebook ads or whatever ads. I said, but once you finish them, like they're done. Like, so whatever you got from them, that's what you got. Right. Like at least there's with, no legs. Yeah. I mean, with, whether it's a social media post or a vlog or a video, you know, it's still there. It's still on the internet. So people can still find it. It's still indexed by Google and everything else. So it's just a matter of, and you can even draw attention to it by doing like a short that drives to that video or something, you know, re, 
reinvigorated a little bit. Right. So yeah. that's something else, you know, that's, uh, that's important. You do something longer form and then condense it down to little bite-sized chunks. Right. And you never know where people are listening to it. I, I listen to YouTube all day in my car. I really yeah. do. I listen to it. And so it doesn't matter sometimes what the visual content is for me. Sometimes it does when I'm at home looking at it, but yeah. I really don't watch TV anymore. I watch YouTube and I watch, <laughs> I watch small business YouTube. I watch, yeah. you know, guys talking about the stock market. I watch, if there were more realtors doing the local real estate, I would watch that too. You know, mm -hmm. I'm always looking to get informed. That's like, it's kind of turned into my PBS now. You know, it's, it's my way to kind of get informed. <laughs> Um, it, I think it's incredible. I think it's a credible thing. And I think it's really kind of given the small guy an opportunity to, to mm -hmm. compete with the bigger guy. But like, like we're saying, it's not, it doesn't happen like that. No. You've got to do it. You've got to be passionate about it. You've got to be consistent about yeah. it. And I think if you have money, production value does matter, especially now that this, it's kind of gotten crowded. The field is getting crowded. Yeah. Uh, but, but you just got to keep doing it. The main thing is, is the consistency. Right and getting the content out there and yeah. thinking about, well, if I was out there watching, what would I want to see that's related to what you do? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And I know you at one point, and I haven't heard about it recently, but started more of a consulting in the real estate side. Are you still doing that? I do restaurant consulting. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been able to do as much of that. I had a couple of offers that I had to turn down because it's pretty time intensive. Yeah. You know, you're you're going in, you're looking at inventories with restaurants, <laughs> uh, going through labor, going through uh, rents. Uh, so you were doing you're doing the consulting bottom. from kind of the start to the finish of like how to make the business more profitable and efficient. And but I get a lot of people that call me up, maybe that aren't quite ready, <clears throat> and I I have no problem talking to people that are chefs, maybe with a dream. Yeah. Um, food truck people that have a dream. I love food truck people. They're the most yeah. passionate. And I would say 80% of people that have a food truck want to have a brick and mortar restaurant someday. And I remember having a discussion with a food truck guy recently. And I, I did a short video. One of the, I, got, I got great response to it where I talked about your rent and how you want your rent to be about 6% of whatever you're making in revenue. That's uh, you, you know, you could start off at 10 but you really want to get that down to six. Mm -hmm. So if your rent's $2,000, do the math. You know, it's a lot of stuff that maybe a chef wouldn't normally think about, but this is, this is the other hat that you have to put on when you're getting into, um, well, where am I going to go? What space am I going to get into? It's only 6%. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll you're spending 30% on food. You're spending 35 to 40% nowadays on labor. So there's 75% right there. Yeah. So it can't be that much more. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You got no profit. <laughs> you don't have no. You don't have any room. No. Yeah, you don't have room for it. So I would say, yeah, first year. You know, so if you're paying ten thousand, you got to do a million five. Yeah. That first year. So these are, you know, it's it's. Well, and a if lot you're of, in lot downtown Delray, you're paying a lot more than ten thousand. Oh yeah, they're paying thirty a month. So they've got to do five million, four and a half million. Four so million. You really can't be a startup restaurant from the standpoint of like you could be a startup within a larger corporate structure that has restaurants that probably already has a brand out there. That know. ship sailed. Yeah. So yeah. the guys like El Camino that started off there. Yeah. They, you know, when the rents were 40, 50 a square foot, they were able to do it. But now that we're up into 70 and 90, like, uh, I guess the best example would be, um, uh, 
what's the one that the, the one went to Ilbaccio? I want to say toss, oh. but it's not toss. What is it? Uh, oh, uh, throw social. Throw social. Yeah. <laughs> throw toss. Throw toss. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they they had two other restaurants. And that's kind of what we're seeing, the dynamic of people that are coming to the avenue yeah. now, because they have to have a tried and true concept. Because the, like you said, the build out's gonna be so intensive. The mm -hmm. uh, rents are gonna be so intensive that hopefully you've got another revenue stream out there that's gonna help you offset the expenses. So unless you've got deep pockets or an investor behind you, yeah. this can't be your first restaurant. No. It's gotta be your second, your third, more like your third or your fourth. Yeah. Um, but that's who we're getting now. I mean, look who's going in. Um, you know, uh, Hampton Social uh, mm -hmm. is going in. They've Atlanta got two Crossing. or three others and Atlantic yeah. Crossing. So uh, we're yeah, on the map here in Atlanta. Sign yeah. The other day when I was walking by, I was like, oh, that's where they're going. <laughs> that's it. But these are guys that have three or four and they're usually in major cities, which is interesting. We're, you know, somebody's got a restaurant in Chicago, New York. They're looking at Del Rey, believe it or not, yeah. as a place to go, which is, yeah, which is uh, amazing, good. you know, yeah. to see the growth that's happened here in I the know. past five years. I mean, I know some people don't love the growth, but... It's a double-edged sword. You well, know, it's, know. It's, it's a double-edged sword. It's always, it always cracks me up when people are like, but we always get these, you know, big corporate, you know, whether it's restaurants or stores or whatever on Atlantic. I was like, but if you sell the building and someone sells it for how many ever million and they're paying a mortgage on that, they have to raise the rent. They can't keep the rents the same. I mean, yeah. obviously that was based on the previous mortgage. Yep. You know, or if the house, the place was paid off, it was probably paid off for some of these people that had it for years and years and years. And now you're, they cashed out to retire. Good for them. Yep. And, uh, you know, you unfortunately or fortunately, you know, it depends on which way, like you said, double-edged sword, depends on which way you want to look at it. Yeah, if you own the property, you're happy. You know, if you sold well, exactly. it, if you sold hands, you know, you, you did what you could. And then Steve Cohen, who went in and bought hands, um, you know, he wants to bring retail to the avenue. And we, we do benefit from a lot of these guys that, you know, there's a handful of people that have really built Atlantic Avenue that have bought the properties. And yes, they've done very well, but they've also curated the avenue in such a way, like he could have easily done a restaurant there, but he knew we need retail. Yeah. And we, we, we need more, <laughs> yeah, we've got plenty of restaurants. We need class A office space, and then we need the retail so we can activate it during the day. <coughs> you know, Atlantic Avenue doesn't have much day activity. And we get the tourists and the people from the hotels maybe that'll walk down there, but most of the time they're going to the beach. Yeah. Um, and they come out at night and they dine at our restaurants. We need to get that daytime activated. And that's mm -hmm. gonna be with class A office space, with the condos that are going in. And I get it, you know, I mean, I graduated high school here in the 80s. So, you know, <laughs> when it was a sleepy little town. Oh yeah. And you know, like somebody said at one of the meetings, you could, you know, you could, take your skateboard from the bridge all the way down to Swinton and you wouldn't have to stop once. There was no lights, you didn't have to worry, no. you'd go right through, um, but that's worry changed. about your safety, but. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Depends on which, which side of the worry you're Absolutely, on. absolutely, um, but I, I love it. I mean, we've got, we're a regional destination now, yeah. and um, I, I think that's gonna be the trick is how do we keep that growth in check? I know we've got the height restrictions, and that lends itself. But then I think you got to worry about sprawl too. So oh, um, yeah. that's the next part of the next piece of the puzzle. So, yeah. um, but, but, you know, judging from last night in, in Lake Ida with Halloween and everything, it's, <laughs> we've got some young upwardly mobile people that are moving here now and they want to go out. They want to have fun. And, yeah. uh, 
it's uh it's I, I still love Delray Beach. It's an awesome place. I mean, I came back here after 30 years of living in other places just because it's so awesome. I really love it. Living in New York and LA. So obviously you yeah. thought this was still still especially obviously you probably wouldn't have come back here and after college in the 80s, but <laughs> when there's really nothing here, but because uh, I used to visit here. I mean, my father was born and raised here, so I've had ties to Delray my whole life as well. You know, and I used to, I remember I'd visit and then my parents would be like, okay, you can go to the beach, so you can go east on Atlantic, but you can't go west on Atlantic. And so now, you know, west of Federal is really the the main heart of Delray. Yes. But, you know, and I think once Atlantic Crossing gets built and open, then that'll help the east side to get busier because it'll start connecting everything down to the beach, you know, instead of having kind of a gap right now, you know, there's still good, good places, don't get me wrong, but it's just, there seems to be more going on to the West versus the East. Yep. But absolutely. It's, but it's kind of flipped. Yep. You know, it's all safer now, but, <laughs> but unlike that time it was like, yeah, you don't want to, don't want to walk that direction. <laughs> <laughs> Might get mugged, but, um, so what's been your greatest challenge in the real estate arena? Uh, greatest challenge? Uh, I think I'm going through it right now. And I think we, we addressed it before. I've hit the point now where I probably, well, I do. I need to hire somebody. Mm -hmm. I need somebody to pick up that admin work. I need to be able to hand somebody, uh, you know, I need an LOI written up or I need a contract written up. And then I basically go over it and make sure that it's good. I'm spending a lot of time in doing activities that are not um, generating activities, you know, it, and that takes away energy and time from doing stuff like this or right. having lunch with somebody or getting on the phone and doing follow-ups. Yeah. Uh, that's where I'm at right now. I'm getting, I don't want to say minutia because it's all important stuff, but yeah. uh, I, I got to get away from pushing the paper. And, um, you know, somebody who could help me create social media. Mm -hmm. I think that that's the assistant. The, the, the role of the assistant has changed, I think, in the past three to five years right. with the advent of with everything with social media. Uh, somebody who comes on as an assistant used to just be, we'll do my paperwork. Well, now right. there's a lot more to be involved, you know, <laughs> post on my social media, you know, what, it, let's have a meeting at the beginning of the month to describe, okay, well, yeah. even the year, you know, I know people that basically will we'll, uh, map out their social media for the year, depending on, okay, so we're going into season, what message do we want? We want a coherent message with everything, mm -hmm. you know? And I, I, I can get better at that. Like a lot of times I'm very spontaneous. So, you know, if I have an idea, it's like, boom, let's go. Uh, <laughs> I wanna do, put a little more thought behind it. So right. it's like, great, okay, this would be a good month to work on whatever it may be. Yeah, you, know? you can still add the spont spontaneity too. But mm -hmm. You know, but not just rely on that. Well, you follow guys like Gary Vee and he's like, you should be posting 10, 15 times oh, a day, I know. you know? And I remember I when know. I was, I'm like, yeah, it's hard enough for me to like get it done <laughs> with the, you know, and I, I do social media, but uh, you know, doing your own stuff, you're like, okay, get a map out time. I mean, I follow, um, I don't know if you know, he's real estate too, but he's Canada, Justin Conoco. No. Look at some of his stuff. He's interesting. Cause he has, he has his own brokerage up in Canada and he does pretty much any kind of real estate. And I can't remember what part of Canada, but he also is tied and he'll do referrals to people all over the world. Um, cause he's tied into some network, some real estate network. And, um, but he does a lot on YouTube. So he also, he, he also, I, I met, well, I didn't meet him, but I learned about him on clubhouse and he's one of the speakers in one club I listened to. And so he'll actually do 
YouTube lives during it. And like you go off Clubhouse and watch him or he can listen to it on Clubhouse. But he's not doing it on real estate necessarily. He's doing it on like time management or YouTube marketing or like he's doing, he also has a marketing arm even that he has um, as well as he and his wife own this brokerage. So he's kind of an interesting guy, but. Um, How is Clubhouse doing? I was into Clubhouse when it first came out and now I've gotten away from it. Uh, do you think it's a, it's a, a viable? I think it's lost some of it now, but I also don't spend a ton of time because I think like I am like you, like I got into it initially and I started spending more time on it, but then I found I went down a rabbit hole because I was like, oh, I'm spending too much time on it. <laughs> so now I really, when I walk in the mornings, there's one specific um, club room that I go into. And so I go there and that's pretty much what I, I tried to do a, um, and I'll probably bring it back at some point, but I got to figure out a better time. I tried to do like kind of a dream plan, start, grow, you know, open mastermind room um, on there, but I was doing it on Thursdays at like one or two. And so I got to figure out a better time for that. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't have a ton of followers. I have like 700 or something like that. So, cause I don't spend so much time on there now. Um, so I think, I think it's lost some of it. The people I know that are on it a whole lot more, but then the people that have been there from the beginning that have really built it, like they've done really well with it. So I think it just depends. It's like every every other social media platform, as long as you're consistent with it, right? <laughs> then you get the benefit. You know, I don't know for your industry, since you're more, you know, regional down here, you would have to figure out how to pull people from this area. But I know Justin Conical, he because he can refer, I guess that's why he's on there. And he also likes to give back. So we talked about giving back earlier. So that's why he does some of what he does, even though they're not necessarily in his area up in Canada. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, so it's interesting because he talks a lot about, like he does a lot of YouTube stuff and, oh, he, my whole point of this was, <laughs> I went down a different rabbit hole, sorry, um, was he talks about, he films like 30 or 40 shorts in one day, one afternoon. And I'm like, yeah. I reached out to him and I'm like, how do you actually do that? Because <laughs> I was like, no, 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 take planning. He's like, oh, I have like two or three changes of outfits and I have a video person that films it. And like, and they're all, you know, things he uses on his TikTok, his YouTube shorts and his Instagram reels. And he's like, I just film them all at once for the week. Yeah. And he does it every week. Like, yeah. he's like, I schedule Thursdays, like a block of time. And I'm like, okay. I got to start doing that again. Yeah. It's, it's really, it really is once... I always notice results, whether yeah. it's picking up five or six YouTube uh, subscribers. Take that one day, you know, right. take that one day. I got to get back in that routine. You thanks for reminding me. Because <laughs> it really is. It's 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 better that that hour spent, you know, like you say, changing your outfit, doing the videos, having some decent content. The ROI on that, once you get things going, right. is I don't think you can spend that time any better. It seems weird because it's just you and a camera and maybe a camera person, yeah. and you're kind of talking to a camera. Yeah, but exactly. once that thing gets put out there, it's out there. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, it, it does its thing. Right. And, and you just got to trust in that process. You got to trust in the process. Yeah. So thanks for the reminder. Yeah. I know. I'm reminding myself too, because I'm like, because oh. I even reached out to him. I'm like, how do you possibly film 30 or 40? Yeah. <laughs> I like, looked at the Bill Caesar video we did and that thing's got like 50,000 views. It's like, wow, wow. that's, 
That's great. You just, like, we did that two years ago. You did, it took us, what, three hours to do it. They edited it and boom, it's out there. You right. You know, it's, 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 it's mind boggling sometimes, I think. And if you're not doing video yeah. out there, you need to do video. Uh, yeah. I don't care what your entrepreneurial venture is. No. You really should. And, and some of the best are you going through the process, sharing your ups, your downs, yeah. your pitfalls, your, your stumbles. That's like you said, we were talking about the ones that get the player, the one where you make a silly face or the dog does something crazy or the dog's in the video because <laughs> it's authentic. Right. It's real. It's that's why we love bloopers. You yeah. know, we'd watch a movie and then exactly. you watch the bloopers with Burt Reynolds and everybody cracking up on the set. <laughs> and you're just like, wow, you know, that's people love that. There's an authenticity that right. that that rings true. You don't want everything polished. And, no, you know, if you're thinking you I can't do video the because is yeah. behind the video yep. even more. So if you are going to do business with them, you kind of get a feel of who they are besides the polished look, like you said. You don't want someone reading cue cards. No. No. And that, that's why I was like, how do you film 30 or 40? I'd have to like think about like, okay, what's the topic? Okay, let me figure out how to do it. Yeah, but, uh, try to do bullet points. Yeah. Because you know, I don't want to plagiarize anybody either. So if I read an article, I don't want to use the key phrases that they've used. So <laughs> it's like I pull out the bullet points. It's almost like I shuffle them up <laughs> and go, okay, Change let's go now. So it kind of seems original, you know, kind of repurposing the content. Yeah. But I'm sure that's what everyone does. In, everybody does in it. Video. I mean, it's not like, I mean, there's original thoughts, but they're all, you know, they're either reading books, they're reading articles, like you said, they're watching or listening to podcasts, they're doing other things. So, because I think entrepreneurs are always learning. So that's the biggest thing is they're bringing in what they're learning from. Mm -hmm. And know? that's what's great about the platform. It's a great place to share. You know, that's one thing Gary Vee has been very, very, mm -hmm. you know, he's always about, he gives away a lot of his knowledge. And yeah. he's just like, yeah, I do. I give it away. I give it away. I give it away. Just get it out there because that's, that's how you build your audience and it yeah. comes back. It comes back to you. Yeah. That's how you build your brand too. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, he's done that very well as well as some other business people out there have done, done the same thing. I mean, you look at it, Tony Robbins, who's built a multi-million, I don't even know if he's billion nowadays, but. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, over time and obviously people pay huge money to work with his staff. <laughs> you know, I'm sure they're. Most of them are probably not working with him specifically unless they're paying the very top value. That's become an industry in itself now, the coaching yeah. people that coach through the coach. Yep. Um, you're not getting the coach. You're not getting Tony Robbins. You're getting a Tony Robbins trained coach disciple almost. Yeah, yeah coach. Yep. Which is it, coaching's like John turned Maxwell's into John Maxwell's got it. You know, like they all have. And that's what you're own. doing, right? What's up is you get me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any coaches unless you want to be my first. <laughs> <laughs> we'll but, talk. <laughs> yeah. No, but um, yeah, I mean, that's one of the challenges I see in the industry. I mean, but obviously, if you're going to scale that business, you know, you either do group stuff and then they still get you, but it's just in a group setting or you can only do so many one-on-ones, obviously. There's only so many hours in the week. <laughs> so you can well, I notice one of the other business models I see is basically doing a pre-tape kind of a module program. So somebody signs up yeah. and they get the modules. And each one of these modules at the end, maybe you take a test or you do some way to authenticate the fact that you accomplished the modules. And then within those modules, you get a coaching session or you'll get a group coaching session right. where everybody who's taking this particular thing gets together. I'm noticing that's become like a uh, kind of a template within yeah, the I've seen that coaching. Too. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Now the one 
coaching program that I used to be in, um, it was a year long program and he, he did something. So he is the face again, just like we were talking about, but then you worked with a different coach one-on-one, but then he would still do group coaching sessions with the people in this specific program. So most of us would come in at the same time frame. And so you'd go through this whole year. So you were in the Facebook group together and then he would do like a monthly group coaching session and you could ask him kind of anything. And then we'd have like also retreats that you would go to fly to wherever it was, um, you know, like three or four a year. So, so you would also get to interact with him there. So he was always present there, but he wasn't doing the one-on-one coaching unless you were in his like really high, high end program, which costs a whole lot more. Right. And I think that's the, it's the course of any business scaling. Yeah. How do you scale? And that's yep. one of the ways they've thought on how to scale the coaching process. Right. You know, first he was probably coaching people one-on-one. Yep. And then once he hit a certain number, he's like, okay, well, how can I grow this now? Yeah. I can't do an hour with 40 people. No. <laughs> I can't do that. So what I can do is a group session with 40 people and then hire people to do right. one-on-one. And you know what? Instead of teaching this class once a week, I can tape it put it down on videotape, increase the production value, and then sell that as like a package. Yep, exactly. Which is exactly pretty much, he did that with all his modules too. And he would update them like as things changed or whatever. And then, but then you had the one-on-one person and then you had the group things with him. So you kind of got that whole, whole package there. But yeah, I mean, it's just like anything. If you're gonna scale it, you have to bring yourself out of it a little bit and well, it's the same thing bring in real estate. You know, that's yeah. you know, I'm getting to that point now where I need somebody else. Eventually, I want to bring on another broker. I know. Yep. Eventually, I want to bring on a couple more or, or a couple more agents. Yeah. Um, and that's how do you keep the integrity of the brand um, as you grow? Yeah. I think that's very important. Some people scale too quickly, and, and it's the culture. And yes. The, yeah. Yeah, and you. Just, I mean, as long as you're clear on the culture, and then you can talk to your team about what that culture is then you know and display it and how you walk talk and do everything you do i think then it becomes easier you know especially like you said if you grow a little bit at a time i mean i know i talked to uh interviewed ali kaufman and she was talking about culture of space of mind and how they've she's you know built from very little to where it is now but built that culture. And I know your wife works for her, so mm-hmm. <laughs> works there. So she's probably experienced some of that culture, but uh, yes, you know, but that was an interesting story. But you she, have to define it. You know, you really yeah. do as, as you know, you, even though you're, maybe you don't know in the beginning what it is, but there, there comes a point where you have to sit down and really go, what is the culture? Like yeah. with me, my whole thing has always been about bringing hospitality service to the real estate industry. Mm-hmm. So what is it that makes hospitality, hospitality? I've always been taught it's about anticipating people's needs and going above and beyond. So that's something I always try to do and nothing frustrates me more, which is kind of where I'm at when I don't return a call on time. You know what I mean? Or I drop something and that's when I'm like, ah, I got to get somebody else on board. You know, that's that's kind of where I'm at now and the challenges going forward, because like you said, if you can't deliver on your culture, that's a problem. Now, you, you know, in order to but you have to define it. You know, you yeah. have to really define it and understand it for yourself so you can articulate it to the people that come on board. Yeah, absolutely. So as we start to wind down today, if you were going to give one tip to someone that wanted to start a business, any type of business that maybe you've learned in your entrepreneurial journey, 
um, along the way, either something you weren't, you knew as you started, or something maybe you've learned as you've gone and you, that helped kind of accelerate what you're doing? What might that be? Uh, I would say there's really, don't overwhelm yourself. There's really a two or three key things. You know, it's, I always go to sports analogies. Um, you know, if yeah. you're playing golf and you're thinking about my hip turn, my shoulder turn, my hands, you're never gonna Might hit the ball. The ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, if there's one thing though, if I'm thinking, you know, get the, get the shoulder under my chin and that's really it, then that's something you can hold. Right. Um, you know, with real estate and probably with most businesses, there's, <coughs> there's creating new business, there's keeping the business you have, mm -hmm. and then there's the paperwork. And that's really all there is. And then it always comes down to working on your business, which is very important. Yeah. You get caught up working <laughs> in your business. Oh, yeah. And then I think it's very important that you find a way to take personal time a little bit every day. With me, it's the gym. It's the walking in the yeah. morning. I love my morning walks. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I listen to CNBC. Sometimes I listen to something inspirational. Um, and I've started meditating in the past two really? months and that's made a difference. Just really? 15 minutes of, of sitting still, I find that I don't react um, in pressure situations the way sometimes mm -hmm. I used to react in the past. So that's great. I think it's important that you work on yourself, but yeah, breaking things down to simplicity. Okay, what, what am I doing right now? Am I working on my business? Am I working in my business? You know, where do I need to work? You know, am I, am I creating business? Am I trying to keep business? Yep. Those are the, you know, the things. And when you're doing social media, it's a little bit of both. Yeah, absolutely. And if anyone wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way to reach you? Is it social media, website? Yeah. So I have a, a Instagram page called South Florida's Restaurant Guy, where uh, you know, it's a little bit of personal, a little bit of restaurants. Also, Eat Local Supper Club is the a group that we created, mm -hmm. Socially Distanced Supper Club. We kind of got away from the Socially Distanced, so Eat Local yeah, Supper Club. <laughs> if you're looking for local restaurants, um, yeah, John Brewer on Facebook. I've also got John Brewer Real Estate. Um, yeah, I'm easy to find. 561-573-7333, <laughs> text, call. Uh, I love talking about real estate. I love talking about restaurants. I love talking about life. It's a great place living here in Delray yeah. Beach, and I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Now, thank you for joining us today. And thank you everyone for joining on the Dream Plan Start Grow show. Again, my name is Allison Turner. And if you have any questions for me, uh, please go to dreamplanstartgrow.com. Uh, I do offer a 30 minute complimentary consultation. So if you're thinking about starting a business or, or in a business, please go there, sign up for the 30 minute complimentary consultation, and we can talk about kind of where your next steps are and hopefully get you on the right path. Thank you, and I'll see you again next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Dream Plan Start Grow podcast with Allison Turner. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Join the Dream Plan Start Grow community by following us on Facebook or Instagram at Dream Plan Start Grow. See you in the next episode.